Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 18 of the podcast. I've got Brownie and Ollie back with me for this one as well as Jimmy. Uh, We've got lots to discuss in this season review episode so let's get into it. Brownie, are you well? Good to see you again. Yep, good mate. Good, good. Ollie, good to have you back. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good. Jimmy, is this your first one of the season? Second. What was your first one? The first one? Um, Yeah, but first or second week of the season. Well, busy boy, been, mate. B- it's been a while. Boy. How are you keeping? It has, hasn't it? Good, mate, yeah. Just uh, busy, getting the miles in. Reffing. Yeah. Keep, well, that and uh, keeping Ollie busy on Strava and um, going up and down the M6 every week. So, yeah, it's good. Life's good. Happy days. How are you? How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Tired all the time. Oh, for children, mate. Yeah. You need to drink more water, Jake, if you're tired all the time. Got a bottle of Good. Yeah. Yeah, just don't have kids. Simple as that. Bit of advice for you there, Ollie. Um, we'll we'll start on a positive because I have a feeling that the rest of it is not going to be very uh, positive. But the the season tickets have obviously been announced. Prices are frozen again until I think is it start of June. I think it's start of June. Good of the club, I think. That you can't really knock it. Two hundred and eighty quid for me if I renew. Um, yeah. Can't really knock it. I think if they had have gone up in price, I'd have probably been given renewal some consideration. I know you've mentioned uh, mentioned the same, haven't you, Brownie? Yeah, I think they've kind of backed themselves into a corner with it last season, didn't they? And then to then increase them. But it kind of worked, hasn't it? Look at the average crowds. Don't know whether from a commercial point of view, if you've got more people in the stadium, you can probably do more advertising, that type of thing. So I don't know from that point of view if it works, but... I just think the whole ground and the positivity, it's just miles better when there's more people on it. I think it's I think it's worked to some extent. It's just whether they can back it up and get similar figures, you know, with the football on that's been on display at times, you know. So Well to quote we'll someone in, in one of the WhatsApp groups today, if they signed Ben Woodburn again, he he expects that to knock a thousand or two off the uh season ticket sales. I'm not sure I agree, but um. Yeah, that's the positives out of the way. <laughs> Two hundred um, quid for a championship adult ticket. It's just you can't argue with that. No. no. What Especially is it about twelve at, quid a game? Yeah, I think it's exactly twelve quid. If you look at the other clubs across the league, I think it'll be hard to get better than that. Um, and not just the league as well, like national league, national league north. There's teams in those leagues that 
you're paying 350, 400 quid for a season ticket for fifth and sixth day of football. I mean, it's a cracking deal. I I will renew and I know I won't be on every game next season because I know if I go 15 games, I'm paying probably 20 quid a pop. Like, that's fine. Like, that's, I'm, I'm fine with paying 20 quid a pop. Just hope the, uh, the product on display is a bit better than it's been this season. Is it the highest average attendance since we've been back in the league? Yeah, Probably. I think so. I think I've only been on. I've only been on a couple of games as as a fan before games and stuff. But the two games I've been, atmosphere has actually been quite decent. I don't know if I just picked decent games. The Reading game was decent, Jake, with you before the game. Uh, but yeah, can't really knock it. I don't know how many they'll get renewing, but uh, yeah, you can't argue with it really. They don't, yeah, but like Brian, think... they couldn't really. I don't think they could do too much, but. Decent. I think the big thing for me on it is like last year there was a massive massive leafleting and obviously the fans got behind it and I'm not sure that the same positivity is going to happen this summer so it's down to the club now to, to pick up that mantle you know are they going to do the leafleting are they going to you know mass mail on the email database because I've had an email through which is decent I've not opened it but I've seen it We've got a text message system that we probably underutilise, but there's ways and means of communicating with fans to try and engage them to to ensure that they commit. Um, and it sounds like we need every penny we can get, judging by what we've heard about finances. Yeah, just an interesting one on last season versus this season. Uh, the launch last season, someone on the forum mentioned that it, it talked about the manager having high hopes for the campaign. And wanting as many supporters to join us on the journey. Whereas this season, it's just a lot of talk about how cheap they are. <laughs> There's been a clear toning down of expectations ahead of next season, aren't there? Well, I mean, the manager did have a tendency to get a little bit carried away <laughs> towards the end of last season and at time, plenty of times this season. So I think it's obviously not letting him run away with it as much to some extent. Um. Although you know he's met some guy at a service station, so you know things are things are looking up. Have you met some of the characters you can meet <laughs> at a service station, Brownie? Well, you will have done, Jimmy, given the fact you're <laughs> up and down every minute of the day. But um, don't suppose you saw Low, did you know? No, I didn't, mate. No, um, unfortunately, I put I pulled into Cherwell Valley thinking, oh, it could be anyone, but no, no sign of uh, Lowy and his mystery signing. Might not even probably won't even come off. I'm saying that now, but watch it. It'll be a new, new announcement next week. Um Yeah, we'll we'll move on to the next section. Um we'll review the season. I'm gonna try and keep this one short and sweet. Um I'd like you all to rate the season out of ten. I'm gonna go around you one by one. I'll give you a minute. Rate the season out of ten and why you've rated it that. I suspect it'll probably all end up similar, but Brownie, I'll start with you. I need to start with it. You just told us you were going to do this before it started, so I'll give it a go. Uh, um, go on. What do I start with the rating? I'll give it a six. Because, um, I mean, we're mid-table, aren't we? So what can you? What else can you give it? Um, home form, at times, probably some of the worst stuff I've seen since Wesley, in all honesty. Um Away form obviously been better, but I think we kind of set up and to play that kind of way, weren't we? And and at times, 
Chad Evans probably pulled him out of the mire, hasn't he? Um, but then towards the Burnley game, up to the Burnley game, it was obviously pretty dire, wasn't it? On and off the field. We had WhatsApp gate, um, leaking roofs, all sorts of different stuff. But then uh, the huddle on the pitch against Luton seems to change things. Well, that and bringing DJ into the side um, and kind of give it a little bit of hope. But ultimately, that's time. We'll finish where we should have done. Not bad. A minute and two seconds. Jim, come to you next. Okay. Um, Off you go. Yeah, solid six. And pushing a six and a half for the top half finish that we got. But ultimately, the football on the pitch hasn't reflected um, the excited, excitable nature of the manager in pre-season especially brought in some decent plays this season but ultimately none of them are, are ours beyond this season apart from Freddie Woodman who I'll be shocked to see in a North End shirt again because he's far too good for us um, home performances largely dire away points picked up in the smash and grab victories and we got on the crest of a wave playing the poorest team in the teams in the league in quick succession which made everyone believe but ultimately we've finished where we are because we're probably a mid-table side 10 seconds to spare alright you want me to fill it I can't no 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 it's it. all good Ollie no. uh, I say at 5 I say I think it's the lowest amount of goals we've ever scored in the division 45 I think we scored 20 home home goals in 23 games uh, £14 per goal at Deepdale, £12 per match ticket. So only North End could do that. Um, I've enjoyed the last couple of weeks. Troy, uh, Troy Parrott and Tom Cannon gave me hope, but I don't like three-five-two. I like us to go and have a go and score goals. We, we failed to score 19 times, which is a league high. Um, don't really see a brand of football. Enjoyable players, but like Jimmy said, we don't own them. Um, but then again, top half finish, about the same as last season. If you look at the last five or six seasons, it's basically on par, apart from the anomaly, 17-18. Can't be any higher than a five, because there's just no brand of football and we don't score goals, really. Anyone will be harsh, because it's top half. So, in the main, not very enjoyable. Not bang on, but only a few seconds over. Um, I think yeah. a couple of things to add on that. Like, we failed to score in like over 40% of games this season. Like, I struggle with that. And I, I, if you're only scoring in six out of your 10 games, how are you going to amass the right amount of points to even give yourself a challenge of being top six in what has been probably the poorest championship in a long time? I think that might have been my last pod, the preview one, actually. And I, I remember saying like anything from seventh to seventeenth is fair game. I know we've I probably got the top six wrong because I don't think I put Luton in there. Um, but I think I do see it as an opportunity missed. Yeah. The fact that we, we finished, what did we take? Well, we we scored four goals and got four defeats in our last five games. I think we only needed seven points out there in the last five games, and we picked up one. It's like it's a massive opportunity missed. But the season was defined probably in the first. 10 games a season when we couldn't score kept loads of clean sheets but it's a massive opportunity to miss this season and 
it's frustrating, really, because I don't think we'll get a chance like this again because I think the league will improve next year with what's coming up and ultimately what will come down are looking like three strong Premier League teams. I remember the first... Did we draw the first five out of six? It was no, no, or something like that. And people... It became a bit of a running like thing, but that was a bit of a sign of things to come because we, we really struggled to put the ball in the net, apart from Cannon um, in the latter part of the season. As he scored about eight goals. There's very few goals other than that. Um, and there's only one way of playing, really. So, yeah. I think there are more options it. towards the end of the season up front, though. I mean, like, if you look at um, yesterday, he started with the three, didn't he? Start the season, there was there was only Parrot and Reese really, because Evans was, yeah. well, he was suspended the first game, wasn't he? So we didn't really have a lot of options. And then, um, I think, Towards the end of the season, it did help bringing someone in quality with quality like Cannon in a similar way that Archer did last season. It kind of helped him out, really, bailed him out of a lot of situations in the same way that Archer did. Um, you just hope that see, it's unfortunate because we always end up with these first loans, don't we? The players, we don't really end up with anyone who's you know, like someone's going to either Everton or someone else will reap the rewards of, of us having Cannon, um, especially if they like, get relegated. Well, yeah, but. The Premier League, they keep all the players, don't they, right until the end. So you don't even have a pre-season with them or anything. So really, you're kind of not getting the full benefit out of them until quite a lot into the season um, or until they played a few games and you're losing points at that point, aren't you? Yeah. Like I remember thinking like um, at the start of the season, people saying like playing quite well and stuff. And... But the result on the first day is just as important as the result on the last day. Like the first five games of the season aren't free hits. Like the points are just as important. Um, and obviously the squad weren't finalised on the first game. Um, and I remember people were saying, wait till the end of the transfer window and stuff. But it's happened quite a lot that we're North End. Like we're never ready to go on the first day. Um, and then obviously you're playing catch up a bit. And to be fair, they wanted a decent run. What was it, January to March? I think they only lost like one eleven, But... Like Jimmy said, it was an absolute free hit, most of that division. Burnley have absolutely ripped it apart, and Sheffield United, to be fair, very good side, but Luton in third, Borough obviously had a bit of a go, but 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, whatever, down to probably 16th. There's just no quality anywhere in the Championship, so I think it's a massive chance missed. Um and if, if we'd have got how many points? Seven points from the last five would have been in the in the top six, and we've got one point from the last five. So disappointing end to the season, but as usual, it's just a lack of depth. I know Brian said we had a bit of depth up front, but no wingers. You're playing three number nines yesterday, so like you can only play. You can't play wingers. You you, can, you can't play fullbacks in in the, the squad. You, you can't really I think play. That was highlighted by the Nathan yesterday. Yeah, like, the squad depth. Yeah. Well, it's at the bench. I was like. I know it's unlucky like he was getting injured in the warm-up, but like you've got four kids on the bench who've got probably less than 100 minutes in the championship between them. I'm like, mm. and then they could bring on, um, oh, what's his name? Like they brought that out of time. I'm going to brain fart here. Can't think of his name. Pritchard. Probably yeah, changed the game. I, Pritchard, Alex Pritchard, Pritchard yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah. He like, the, the, literally a quick tactical shift and he pushed the wingers high up. It was like, we look like we just didn't know what to do. It was like it's such a simple, basic tactical move, but yeah. we it just killed us. But that's they had strength. They had strength on their bench yesterday when we didn't. We could bring on 
and Oma and Wood Woodburn. It's like round that rounds a part season for us. We're just and probably rounds up Lowe's year in charge or eighteen months in charge now. Two plays short all the time. Yeah. I think it also showed the difference in quality of coaching as well yesterday. Um that's mm -hmm. an absolutely we might touch on it later, Jake, but that from Mowbray was just top. Top class. And like Jimmy said, they got the wingers. The wingers are amongst the best in the league for me, Sunderland. Um, but also the, the Sheffield United game proved it to me. There's only really one way because tried to go to a back four in the second half. Left Barra at centre-back, left Ledson as a six and got absolutely blown away on counter-attack. So um, if if we're going to become more adaptable, we need to sign players capable of playing full-back. You need defenders capable of playing in the back two, centre-backs. You need wingers. No pace anywhere in the side. So we're very rigid. And again, we might touch on it later, but when teams find us out, they really do find us out and they blow us away because it's literally partly personnel and partly tactical, I think, coaching-wise. There's only really one way of playing and it's like a, a blueprint that we stick to out of 46 games and you might end up winning 17. But you need to be more adaptable to to really come top six. Like I think Sunderland were a great example yesterday, like Jimmy said, changing at half-time. That that tactical change has got them into the top six, and they've probably been doing stuff like that all season. So, the, the, the end of the game, by the way, with one natural, well, second half, they started with one natural defender on the pitch. You you've got to give them credit, but just got no answer to stuff like that, have we? It's been a criticism of Lowe, hasn't it, this season that he doesn't know how to change a game and hasn't tactically changed the game for us and. Do you th like you just said earlier, mix of players and and coaching. Don't think he's really got the options to change the game. But just a quick it, point as well. It, it, before I forget, if if I remember correctly, I saw a stat the other day. I think we've only scored five equalizers that have earned us points after going behind or something like that. It's like if we go behind, it really is a big uphill task. Um. So yeah, we're not even two or three short. I think we're like. Five six short me over forty six games. Um, you can't keep relying on January because you know Cannon and Archer. The first loans, obviously Archer had a spell in non league, but it is a big gamble at the end of the day. And I think they wanted Sims, by the way. I'm not sure they wanted Cannon. I think they wanted Sims. Um, so that that was probably a bit of luck as well. So you can't keep relying on a nineteen year old to come in and score eight goals in sixteen. No, because your luck will run out eventually. Um, I think the the talk coming from the club and especially the manager after the Sunderland game is we've progressed, we've just missed out on the playoffs, but it's not really that's not the case when you look at it. You know, we played like you mentioned before, Jim, we played three of the worst sides in the league back to back, won them all, shot up the table, and as soon as the playoffs were in sight, we've we've folded like a pack of cards. We've come up against better sides and been found out. Um, Ryan Lowe mentioned obviously in his in his post match yesterday about um, making progress, but I think every objective measure that you look at, we've done worse than last season. And I know it's been said today, but we had a postman in charge for half of that season. We finished with fewer points, scored fewer goals, conceded more goals, lost more games. We have a shocking goal difference. Which, if it wasn't for poor opposition finishing, the Watford game at home sticks out. I think two one on ones were missed. 
Um, and the massive anomaly of our clean sheets at the start of the season, it would have been comfortably worse than the minus 14 that we finished on. Wigan with 17 and Forest Green Rovers are the only two only two teams in the EFL to have scored less goals than us at home this season. Um, 20 goals in 23 matches, like you said before, Ali. It's about £14 a goal. Um, the only thing that we have proved, improved is finishing 12th instead of 13th. It's... But with less points. Hey? But with less points. We got less yeah. points this season. No, that's... Season. That's what I'm saying. If if you're if you're looking for an improvement, then you're clutching at straws a little bit. But I guess it's it is. Wage bill not gone down. Well, we don't know that yet, do we? Well, it, it probably has, and they've they've just stayed the same. So that's probably a win in the club's eyes. Well, yeah, but you know, the, you got the, the manager talking about if you're not you going to improve, if you're not going to improve an actual league position, you want to see you want to see something building to improve. Yeah, that's you want to see tangible stuff. It's like but, if you look at Swansea, for example, they've probably finished, I think they finished about 10th, but they're clearly building something. And they've scored about 65 goals and they play a really attractive style and they're clearly building something. I think and all the talk last summer about Swansea was that they've got no money to spend, but they've managed to, you know, yeah, back the manager. I think they have spent a bit, to be fair. I think the manager knows how to play the game in the media, but. Yeah. If you go to the table, you just you want you want to build something. Yeah, I think the thing that the thing that sticks out for me, you got the manager coming out after that yesterday and talking about progress and building and we need to carry on moving in that direction. Where is the progress? I can't see anything. Well, you know, a club going for the top six isn't making this the honour signing in the January window, and you're going to take weeks to get going, and it's all. There's a common theme, isn't there? I put a tweet up about it. All these signings that are right, they've got poor injury records. They're either not been at clubs for whatever reason. They've not played all season. Um, and we're taking a punt on these signings or getting loan signings in. So so there is no plan. Um, it's all short-term, window-to-window. What can we get away with? You know, and and what can we, you know, could we potentially make a little bit of money here and there on them? I mean, look, I mean... the you go back to the Jamie Thomas signing and all sorts of stuff like that. It's it's shoddy. It really is. It's not. It's not. It's not a club that's looking to get up there and, and get promoted. I forgot I know, about that. Just reminded me. Well, even Woodburn, Diaby, to some extent. You know, he was a controversial signing. No, he's a good signing, but it's the way that he signed and it's the way they've gone about it. It's we've took a punt here. Presumably, no. Presumably, he was low value. You know, low wages. Yeah, I think if a perceived. Data-driven, well-run club picked up DRB and he'd done really well. I think everyone's calling it a bit of a masterstroke. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm just saying it's it's a theme, yeah. isn't there? There's yeah, a theme yeah. of what the signings are. Um, and and you only have to look at. And I know this is people laugh at it, but you've only got to look at like the ground, the roof. I mean, it, it's all it's all symbolic for a club that's like literally just trying to get away with as much as it can um, on and off the field and trying to save a buck here and there. It's not a club on and off the field to me that has got a desire to get into the Premier League, and that's that's ultimately it, isn't it? You know, um, and it's it's a shame, but you know, there's there's not one little bit of hope or optimism I've got for any of it changing this summer. If anything, it's it's, it's only going to get worse, isn't it? And it's interesting that because 
like, I think the roof will get fixed, but I think they do have a plan for that. It's a bit like like the catering will change this summer. Obviously, the kit supply has been changed. So, like, the things that we wanted to change are slowly changing. But the mentality of the football club just doesn't change. Like, that's that's the concerning thing for me. Like, we, we haven't learned from our past mistakes. You know, we're still giving out contracts to players that are very average at the level or just returning from injury. And then when they do get pushed back into the side, they just don't perform or don't perform to the ability of their replacements, you know. And, like, look at our, our midfield yesterday. And we so badly missed Brown, DJ, Whiteman. Just killed us, that midfield yesterday. And that's, you know, we've got, like, Ledson's been given a new deal this season. You know, Parrott, obviously, threw his toys out of the when he came off, you know, told Gaia to where to go and then, Chucks his tracksuit jacket somewhere, and it's just like, but I get what you're saying. The big thing for this season, like coming back to like how we've played and stuff, when we've got beat, we've been properly beat, haven't we? I think it's 12, 12 out of 17 defeats have been by two or more goals. So, like, when we get beat, we get a good hiding, yeah. and we've won out of our 17 wins, 13 of them have been by one goal. Like, so there's not a lot in the games that we've won. You know, I, I keep thinking back to that Stoke game and the Coventry game when we've literally, like, the Coventry game away when he's put Reese on. Like, Reese was a little bit out of favour at that point and he won us the game. Stoke, the ultimate smash and grab because it was such a poor game. Like, we've scored in, what, the 93rd minute through Chad. Like, Chad probably carried us a little bit during that spell. Like, Back end from was it like was it did we play Reading in November or like yeah yeah I forgot when we played him but well, that game twice, he, when he got that yeah well he got the monk off his back didn't he because he hadn't scored for there was that little running battle between him and Maguire who was going to score first because they hadn't scored for about forty games each or something daft at the time and he got the monkey off his back and then he played, he started to sort of carry us a little bit at that point obviously when he got his injury I think. Did our form dip at that point? I'm not sure because I think Cannon and Cannon was playing well, wasn't he? Like, and obviously DJ was put back in the team. Yeah, it was just criminal the fact we even dropped DJ to start with. Like, not even putting him in the 18 at Burnley, for example. You're playing the best team in the league, and your best centre midfielder sat in his ass getting splinters. It's just like there's so many mistakes we've made, and Lowe's sort of recognised it yesterday. What he's come out with that he's not. He's not the finished article. He's not perfect by any means. But that's what we've been missing this season with him. That, a bit of hum, humility. Like, Recognise when you've made mistakes. Like that Norwich game at home, when he went four, four at the back with four centre-halves and played four centre-midfielders across midfield and we got absolutely pasted for 45 minutes in the first half. I think we were 3-0 down at half-time off the top of my head. But then came out after the game and said the formation wasn't the problem. And it was. Like anyone that could see that game could see that what the problem was. But yeah, I think this summer's massive, boys. I, I can't stress this enough. I know we've probably said this for about three or four years. This summer's big, this summer's big, but like this summer is absolutely massive because if we get it wrong, we've not got that nucleus of players to fall back on that we've had previously. Like you've always had a, you know, a Pearson or a Whiteman or a DJ or a Brown to fall back on. Like DJ will probably go this week. And then, like, if we sell Whiteman, I worry about that centre field for it in the championship because if that gets overrun, like, Woodman's going to get peppered. Our centre halves can't move. Give or take. That's probably a bit harsh on story because I think he 
he's come on a little bit this season, but yeah. he's still nowhere near like the level. Um, he is, but in yeah. my opinion, anyway, he's he's not he's come on a little bit this year. I think he's been better this year, but he's still he's another he's another defender playing in a completely wrong system. Yeah, if you run at him, I worry. Yeah, like, but that's my concern. Like, you lose your centre midfielders this this summer, you don't replace them adequately, you get into this spiral then, and it sort of reminds me of twenty ten eleven when we lost the nucleus of a squad, didn't replace him. Lo and behold, we're in a relegation battle all of a sudden. So that's the main thing that you've just said. Like we've always had key players to fall back on, but slowly they're just getting stripped away and stripped away. Like we've always had a Gallagher, Davis, even Hunts to an extent, Clark, Pearson, Brown, Johnson. It's like what have we got now? We've got Ledson from the Fernie Player of the Year 2021. That's all we've got. It's like. Obviously, you've got the keeper who's like a very good keeper. Reese has had an ACL. Chad Evans is 35, 34, 35. Probably won't play again. Might not play again. Who else have you really got? Obviously, Brown's been a massive miss in the last five or six games. Hughes, Hughes probably the other one that's been here for a little bit. Yeah, but, but Hughes you don't look quite, at him as a key figure, do you? Hughes has quietly dropped off quite a lot for me this season. Mm. Apart from that, Brown. you've got no real nucleus. Like you say, it's just slowly just getting dismantled really and especially if DJ goes like 350 games or whatever it is people have become accustomed to a level of performance and if you drop slightly below it people think he's shit but he's very good same with Brown for me so you, you you lose that and then you don't replace him with better players that's the thing someone has uh, tweeted me before saying if you lose two of these if you lose Brady and Johnson you can probably get three players for that the two players of actual quality. There's no point having three bodies if they're just not going to be being an improvement. And yeah, the, if you look at 17, 18, we finished 10 points more than this. We finished seventh on the last day. You compare that squad to this and it's absolutely frightening. And that for me is probably the biggest indication of the direction of the club. Yeah, it's like Groundhog Day all over again, isn't it? You know, at the time recording, excluding the young lads, we've got 14 contracted pros. We've got Reese, ACL, probably won't be back for the start of the season, more likely to be October, November. Evans, battling with a broken neck, by all accounts. Probably won't play again. you got Brown, McCann, Whiteman, Ledson, Potts, Hughes, Diaby, Lindsay, Bauer, Story, Woodman, Cornell. We don't even have a left wing back at the club. But we've got a manager who insists on playing with wing backs. Could argue Potts isn't even a proper right wing back, but he's played there for the majority of the season. Wing backs don't exist. Well, yeah. Um, but, but there's a serious point there, though. Like, no, I agree. It's so, much, it's so much easier to build for a back four. It's so much easier to build for a back four and and wingers. It, it you can be so much more flexible because you can play a back three with back four players. Like Sunderland played wingers at wing back yesterday. They played full backs at centre back and they played one centre back. Alex Neil did it at Barnsley four or five years ago for North End. You can do it. Like Hughes used to be a full back and people now just see him as a centre back. It's easier to flip. It's easier to three, isn't it? Yeah. Than the other way. Yeah. So you, you're stuck, aren't you, the way we play? Then, then you end up then when it whenever he's gone to a four three three, say. You end up with three number nines just scattered across the front, and it just doesn't work. And that isn't yeah, the it? but it, it it just doesn't work. 
because the players aren't compatible. Like Cannon, um, can't remember second half of a game away recently. Cannon was uh, Sheffield United. Cannon ended up playing left wing second half and just miles off it at left wing. Delap's played right wing quite a lot, and he's just like he's a horse who can run. That's all he is. Like you can't play these players in wide areas with just no support. Because they're not, there's no wide overloads. They're not coaching to patterns playing wide. It just becomes a bit of a mess. So I really do think it's a lot easier to recruit for a back four, and then you can be a lot more adaptable in game and between games. I think the other thing it's about nucleus. Like Brownie's going into the last twelve months of his deal. Whiteman's in the last twelve months of his deal. Hughes's, Potts's, Evans's. I know Evans is thirty-five, so it's probably a little bit different. But. Alan? Hughes, Hughes, Bauer's into the last 12 months as well, but Bauer was frozen out for six months and all of a sudden reappeared. So, like, Hughes, Brown, Whiteman, Potts, those four have been pretty much mainstays of this team during the past 12 months. Again, we're getting to a situation where they're going to be out of contract in 12 months' time. But then what's what's coming through? What's what's the next bit? You know, you look at the following year, you've got Story, McCann, Reese, Woodman, Lindsay and Ledson. Tied down. Do we get money for any of those? With, with two years left on the deal, apart from Woodman, and there's a massive sell-on for, for Newcastle involved by all accounts. Do we get do we get excessive of seven hundred fifty grand for Story, which is probably what we paid for him? McCann, no idea. Been injured most of the season. Not seen a great deal on him this year. To be fair, that makes me think, yeah, we get a million plus for you in return for what we paid. Reese, no idea what he comes back like. It's an ACL injury. Dangerous territory to start with. Woodman is a £5 million keeper in my eyes. He's, he's, I can't believe he's ours. I know that sounds daft, but he's head and shoulders against everything else we've got apart from Whiteman. Lindsay, Ledson, no chance of getting anywhere near what we paid for him back. And they've got another two years in the deal. So I'm like, mm. we're in a situation now where we've got players on long-term contracts that don't all fit in or have, there's question marks around where they fit in within the squad. And then you, you've got four or five lads who are part of you. You're probably your strongest 11. You've got 12 months to go and you either cash in during the summer or you give them an ex- extension or you let them go for free. It's like we're in, we're back to where we were probably 18 months, two years ago, when we had the Ben situation. Well, it's because the last few windows, they've all been one-year deals, one-year-plus options, or, or loan signings. Or like on, on, a, on, a, on a six-month weird deal in January, that, like, who does that benefit? Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, when he came on yesterday, it didn't really look as though, to me, he was playing for a new contract. So, But he's got, he's got a great touch. He clearly can read the game well, but my God, he can't move. He can't move. I always think back to what Piero said when he was on the pod about if a player, and I use Scott Sinclair as an example because that's who we were talking about, if a player like Scott Sinclair is coming to North End, it's probably for a reason, and that reason is probably because they're coming toward the end of the career, Freddie Woodman aside. And you're heading into a summer now where we've apparently not got a pot to piss in. And like you boys have all just said, that that core nucleus of the squad is just 
getting whittled down and whittled down. You, you can't really see anyone of any quality in the free agent market wanting to come to North End when you break down the squad that we've got contracted into next I, I, season and beyond. A, cl- a club like us doesn't shouldn't be signing thirty odd year olds on ridiculous contracts. It should be looking at yeah, trying to like- trying to build for the future. It's, no, that's where they've gone wrong with that one. I slightly disagree on that point, Jake, really. I think North End is quite an attractive club to come to. I'm not, I sure, do, I, I I'm not sure I agree at the moment. There's yeah. not what have you I just think it is. Like players love the location. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I think I think the location, like, the history and, of the club. Yeah, it, I agree. But... Things, I think I think these things do play quite a big part. I didn't used to think they do, but I think they actually do. Uh, Fair enough. And I, th- I think if you actually look, players will look at the past. Like we have sold a lot of players on, not anymore really in recent, in the last couple of years. But players have used it as a decent stepping stone. Loan players have come here and developed. So I, I don't think there's much doubt we'll be able to attract quality loans again next season. My issue is North End have tended to go away from signing actual up and coming players for money. Um, but there is a lot of. Fr- uh, players coming to the end of deals now with 12 months left in League 1 or League 2, even abroad. I know they're looking at the rules. I think North End can still be quite an attractive club. It's more a case of can they be arse looking or are they just going to give Woodburn, Anima, etc. new deals? Greg Cunningham got a new deal. You know, Ledson got a new deal. You know, it's it's that's more the issue rather than the actual how attractive the club is because I think the club is relatively attractive. It's a stable championship club. North End, and there's not actually that many of them. Like I'd argue, we're probably more attractive than Birmingham. If you if you're not coming purely for money, just for take an example, like how many players have gone to Reading and they just got relegated because they're an absolute basket case. So, I'd, for me, the issue is more what are they actually looking to sign recruitment wise, strategy wise? Because like Brownie said before, it's all got a common theme of being a bit not desperate, but you know what I mean. So. Yeah, I think that's the big thing for me. It's squad building. Yeah, you know, we need to build a squad. It's, it's all well and good living, you know, hand to mouth existence. You know, twelve months to twelve months, but that catches up with you eventually when you lose the nucleus of players around you that have been, you know, your bread and butter for for so long. I think we've got to sign lads on two two year deals as a because you know they know they've got the security of a two. And then the, the option, a club option for an extra one on top. Got opportunities then, but my gut feeling and my worry is that you lose quality and don't replace it with the required quality to compete at a level. And in a league next season, it's probably going to be. It's probably going to see the standard go up a little bit. I think with the teams that's coming up, Ipswich, you know, will be strong next season. I fancy them for a top ten finish. You know, Plymouth, I'm not sure on yet, but we'll wait and see how they adapt to the level. I think it's it's massive, this one, though. Absolutely, absolutely huge. I think the quality of coaching is getting really good in the Championship as well. It's like, there's more and more really good coaches coming into this level. Um, and sort of showing that you don't always need a huge budget to get top six. I think Rob Edwards, great example. Numbers at Forest Green were outstanding. He's gone to Watford, and that should just be completely overlooked by everyone, because that's an absolute. And Luton have just picked him up, and they've come third. 
And all they've really signed in summer is a couple of strikers from Barnsley and a few other decent, shrewd additions. They've not really done anything outlandish. And they've just been pragmatic all the way through. They've got pace and power. They've got really good legs in midfield. And they've just got solid defenders. And they've come third. But those signs, Barnsley, they're out, they're, even those are out of our league, aren't they? You, know, you can't even imagine us making those signings this summer. I think, you know, similar ones, anyway. I think Corley Rudrow was less than a million. And, like, you need to be... It's 2023 in the Championship. Like, you need to be having a go at that, surely. Mm. And obviously, he's got the attachment to Luton, so probably couldn't have even signed him anyway, but they've not blown the bank, Luton. And what did they get? 7,000, 8,000 home fans or something. And It's about 10, isn't it? Yeah, 10,000 home fans. Carlton Murray's an absolute top player, by the way. But, mm. yeah, just, it's not rocket science, really. And Millwall have done similar as well. Obviously, they've looked abroad a little bit. But again, they've just made shrewd signings and obviously they've got beat on the last day, which was a big shock. Well, I thought it was a shock. Um, but yeah, it's they're not necessarily more attractive clubs on the pitch, are they? Like, do you know what I mean? They're not necessarily like you won't clearly choose them over North End as an overall package, but they've just gone and signed. The clubs that seem to have a bit more joined up thinking than we do, i.e., what others might say is a strategy. Um. Yeah, I think something you said a minute ago, Ollie, was quite stood out to me. Can we be bothered trying to make these signings? Because it feels like more often than not, we just do take the easy route. You know, offering year extensions, two year extensions to players that we've already got. There's just been be a clear. There's been a clear change of ban, whatever it was. You know, before before Trevor's passing. Um, there's, there's just no interest in it. The, the Woodman signing is just—it it still baffles me. Like you said before, Jimmy, I just—it's so out of everything else that we're doing. It's like, what sort of deal have they pulled off there? It must be, mm. it must be the percentage of the sell on. It's got to be because it's just—it just doesn't fit in with the rest of of what we're doing. Um, very, very bizarre. Um, but you know, you just can't see—you just can't see us going out and getting a white man or a a Reese or whatever this summer. It's just not it's not in their thoughts. It just doesn't seem to be at all. I think we always seem to have just one of those transfers in us though every window. Like we keep saying Trevor though. That, yeah, yeah, I was gonna that, say yeah. that was under yeah. Trevor he'd go, Oh, you know what? Yeah, let's go get Ali McCann on deadline day. What? Yeah. Where's yeah. that come from? Let's go how are we just spending a million quid on a player? He already had seven midfielders going sat down the camp. Yeah, we'll go the, the Bayless as well. <laughs> yeah, just, just. Yeah. But I think that was Trevor's sort of nature in terms of, yeah, I actually fancy getting that one in. Yeah, I fancy, you know, it's like, come on, pizza or Chinese. Fancy a pizza tonight. You know, I'm going to go and spend two million pound on a player. You know, we don't have that now. Now, I think, obviously, I think Lowe said, didn't he, last? Last season, before the summer, he was like, gone are the days of Preston North End going out and spending a million, a million and a half on a player. Yeah, that's Trevor's spontaneous nature. Just like, mm. oh, you know what, fancy doing that today. All right, okay. And it must have been a nightmare for Peter. Like, he's spending what on a player? But, you know, we can't get Keith Moore. Oh, well, we'll get Jaden Stockley instead. Yeah, that was great. But then we'll go and spend money on a centre midfielder we don't need. Um, 
yeah, listener questions. First up, we've got Nick Marn, who has asked, after mixed results this season, is a dip into the loan market for more than one striker something that... Let me try that again. After mixed results this season, is a dip into the loan market for more than one striker something they should repeat, or has it been a mistake to not look at permanent players in January? What permanent av- what permanent strikers are available in January? I don't think there was that many, were there? There wasn't many per moves for strikers that are off the top of my head. I think lo- I'd rather see us act earlier in terms of doing it in the summer window rather than wait until January and thinking, oh yeah, now I've got the lap and cannon coming in. We just need that forward planning, really. I think, you know, plan for your season, not just for the last 22 games, whatever it's going to be. And be interesting what happens. I do think we might get a forward in on, on a per basis. I hope we do anyway, because I think we need one. And then you top it up with Definitely. a on top. <laughs> we need about five. We need loads. <laughs> I, I think we need, well, I didn't know, and they probably need about seven or eight players this window, but we're not going to get seven or eight, are we? I mean, Ev- Evans may not even, you know, be a peer. God knows what's going on. Well, he wants to play again, doesn't he now? I'm like, what? Yeah, you've got an operation on his neck. Right. Yeah. Fair play to him. He's 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 madder than me because if I had a neck operation, I would not be uh, going to work. Yeah, I think we touched on it before, didn't we? Just, it just needs to be. You know, we need permanent signings, don't we? Simple as that. Next one. This one's from Adam Smith, and he says, "After the window closed in the summer, would you have taken where we ended up finishing at the time?" I think many of us would and would again next season looking at our squad or lack of. I would not I would not accept a forty five goal season if you offered it to me in July. Why Adam Smith, why are you accepting twenty goals in twenty three home games? It's, it's boring. I would not accept that again. If you offer me right now if we finish twelfth next season but we only score twenty goals at deep bell, I would not accept that. Joint lowest home. It's me. I, I was messaging Jimmy yesterday. I was going back to like the eighties. I couldn't find a lower scoring season at this level. It's like, and they've got off really lightly. No offense, Sandals and George Hodgson. I've not said a single word about this lowest scoring season in like fifty years. Two poor records to have broken yesterday. Thumb, I'd say there. Like, no, nah, but brownies. You what? You literally. We have not scored. I think we scored like. We've scored less than a goal a game at Deepdale. Yeah, we've yeah. scored 20 goals in 23 games at home. Only it's shit, teams isn't it? It's 14-pound yeah, goal at Deepdale. Wigan and Forest Green. The whole... Yeah, that's what I mean. Wigan and Forest Green. Two teams that finished rock bottom of both their respective leagues. This is Forest Green really... are absolute bobbins. I understand, like, you know, you've got a total line to an extent, but this is being really underdone, like... It's the Revit era, isn't it, mate? It's what it is. It's just weird, though, this season. This season has been weird for us. I can't go with these two. <laughs> I come back on and I'm thinking I'm going to bring a bit of maturity to proceedings and I've got two clowns sat with me, giggling like school children. Oh, God. Oh, dear. But, yeah, I think it has been weird because, like, if you remember back to, like, the Rotherham game when we drew nil-nil, when we absolutely battered him, like, if we started scoring earlier in the season, I think it could have been a different story, but we didn't, ultimately. 
and then this sort of thing just held it over us all se- all season. We scored four goals in one game at Rovers. I'm like, so there's some other anomalies out there as well. You know, four against Rovers, three against Norwich, three against Denmark. So that's ten of our what forty five goals, whatever we've scored in three games. Yeah, like take them out of the equation. It's then it's even worse then if you think of it that way. It's thirty five goals in what forty three games. It's like it just gets worse the more you think about it. You go back to the question. It's you know we've been in this league now since two thousand fifteen, and we've been mid table pretty much every season. So. You know, while other other clubs are surpassing us within a few years, you can't suddenly turn around and go, oh, it's acceptable for us to finish whatever, you know. What's the point? <laughs> you know, what's the point in either, you know, is even going for it and trying for it, you know. You've got to, you've got to want better than this. No, you've got to have a lot more context. Like, if, North End, if you tell me North End has scored 70 goals, try and play a clear style, sign quite a few young players. I'd probably take 12 this time next season. But I'm not taking 12 signing players on a 12-month deal and just not scoring goals. No fan should accept that, I don't think. And I think there needs to be quite a lot more scrutiny on the club, in my in my opinion. But then you look at Sunderland, right? They've, it's their first season back in the Championship since 2017-18, when we finished 7th. And then they've just, their first season back, they've gone 6th. Like, and we've just stagnated during that time. We've not gone forward as a club. You know, we've just gone by to by, season to season, and then bang, like, it yeah. feels a bit... Coventry, you know, they're, they're in feels... League 2 a few seasons ago. Yeah. yeah. And Luton. And, and, and they've had... And you, you, people go on about our ownership. I mean, Coventry, they've already been in a... They've already even had a stadium. Mm. Um, they've been all over the place. They've had players sold... Look at Hyam went in the summer. Yeah, you know that that's a manager under, you know, issues. Um, so you can easily say, you know, the transfer window and at the end of it, happy to finish twelfth. Well, Coventry, for example, that you know there is better <clears throat> chances there, isn't there? Great point, Brown. What's, what's the point in just living? You know, you want to live, don't you? You want to actually do right. things and experience yeah. things, don't you, in life, rather than just like. Yeah, not going to work, going out, going to bed. Like, None of us are North End fans because we think we're going to be top six. Like we just want to no, see, it's... we want to see something being built, and we want to see decent football. Um, so no, I would not accept. I would not accept the same season again. Jimmy Brownie, I'm guessing you wouldn't either. I just want to be. I just want to be entertained a little bit. Yeah, rather than bored. Yeah. You know, the amount of games I've come off at home this season, I'm thinking, what have I just wasted? I think. I think. I think North End have only been winning at half time five times this season. And I think they've only scored 17 goals in the first half of games. So if Adam Smith wants to turn up second half at deep down next season, he might have a better time. But I don't think the club sell half season tickets in that way. No. <laughs> um... <laughs> Be a good idea, though. Yeah. Uh, this next one's from James Brightlin. And he asks In an attacking brand of football side, is it concerning that two years running a goalkeeper as one player of the season? Is a striker recovering from an ACL injury and another striker who is facing potential retirement slash spinal issues and an adequate strike force for next season? So it's two, two questions in one, but it'll do. Well, I think we've just established that we don't play an attacking brand of football. Um, 
I think for me, North End have always had a weird thing with keepers. We just get outstanding goalkeepers. Um, it's not really a concern, but yeah, Daniel Everson's top. Everyone's noticed that after the other day. And like Jimmy said about Freddie Woodman's. So. On your brand piece, Ollie, quite funny because I looked at the stats of low back in the last season and then this season as a full season. Like per game average, shots down, like 1.6 a game. Shots on target down. Shots in the box down. Passive, pass completion down. Long balls attempted up but completed down. Crosses down. Crosses completed down. XG performance down by like 4.4. And then accumulative XGA down by six goals. So like we're conceding far more chances. Yeah. We're creating fewer chances. We're taking less shots. We're taking mm. less quality shots. We're scoring less goals. No shit. You know, so this brand myth just needs to be put to bed. Yeah, you know, I think the brand is three five two. The brand is three five two, but it becomes five three two when we're defending and we try and play a little bit on the counter with a quick lad up front and usually a target man. Yeah, like there's not many clubs in the championship that will settle for that brand of football over a forty six game season yeah. without getting a bit of heat when it doesn't go to plan. The thing is, for me, fans aren't thick. Like, if you tell us that, if you tell us that you're going to be Three five two siege mentality. You're going to keep clean sheets as a first and foremost. You're going to keep clean sheets. Um, right. Then you then you'll take the odd thing. But when it's not like we're a set piece specialist team. Like we're not a major threat. From it's like Millwall. You know what Millwall are, and they don't pretend to be anything else. Um. So yeah, I've got 14th expected. Uh, 14th and oh sorry, I've got 16th in the league for XG in in front of me. An 18th for expected goals against. So, you know, we're, we're a fairly defensive team, but in the end, we haven't been that stable defensively. Um, so, I think I think the brand and the philosophy and and all that sort of stuff. I mean, if you read that article, Coach's Voice article, it's a little bit of a vanity project, isn't it? You know, like he, he talks about how Klopp, um, you know, praised him on the way he plays. Ultimately, you need the players. And you know we're not a club that can that can do that. You know, you look at the midfield um, yesterday and the options on the bench. And you're not going to play a pretty brand of football with with Ledson in midfield. Simple as that. So he just needs to be. You know, it, it's obviously for the media and his his outward portrayal of himself. But the reality is that you know we're not an attacking uh, team and we don't play an attacking brand of football. Simple as yeah. that. I think quite an interesting development as well this season, just in, obviously the championship sort of follows Premier League trends, but not many teams are sticking to a rigid 3-5-2 anymore. It became a bit of a trend for two, three seasons, but teams are becoming more flexible now. Um, so that's just another thing, like next season, if we're going to stick to that, we're going to be an outlier in terms of how rigid we are. Um, so I think the championship's becoming a lot more tactically interesting and I think to be fair to Tony Mowbray I think his teams have always played good football but yesterday was just a really clear example of positional football just put players in spaces overload certain zones you've got 1v1 quality you're going to win or you create 2v1s 
Yeah. You've got 3v2 at the back. You've got full-backs with mobility to cover space in the channels. Their wingers have completely overawed our wing-backs with 1v1 quality. They've got a spare 10 knocking around Ledson. And they've got a, they've got a number nine. Like You don't have to just be a blueprint for 46 games and just put 11 players in there. Because it, it only gets you so far, that. Even Luton, they're constantly adapting to the opposition. And they've got like four or five striking options, Luton, for different circumstances. And they've they've got different full-backs and wing-backs. And they've got really mobile defenders. So I think the championship is shifting. Obviously, it does follow European and Premier League football. But we're seeing, and we're going to see coaches like McKenna next season. Obviously, Carrick's doing really good stuff. Edwards is doing really good stuff. You've got Corbran. Alex Neal will get Stoke right next season. Mark Robbins even, he, look at when Coventry came to North End. He played, obviously, they didn't score and they didn't play that well, but they were really adaptable on the night. So I, I think going forward for me, you need to be really a lot more tactically flexible and interesting. You need to overload certain areas of the pitch and adapt in-game. In-game management is now massive. Um, so that's the main thing for me. It's not really... The only team I can think as a certain brand in the championship now is Burnley and Swansea. I don't really think any other team has a real philosophy. So, and even Swansea go from a back three to a back four on a weekly basis. So that's the main thing for me. But to do that, you need to, you need to get adaptable players. I was going to say, do you think there's an element of low being hindered by the players that he's got at his disposal? 100%, 100%, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Like Jimmy said, look at the bench yesterday. Mm. There's only so much you can do without. Last one then, and this one comes from Preston Points, and he asks, is relegation on the cards next year? It's on the cards, but I think we'd be naive if we didn't think it's a possibility, like it is any season. I think the the biggest thing that we can do to try and stave that off and to try and build on this year is to recruit one in the summer. And get a good start like next year get a good start to the year try and build up a bit of momentum as Solly would say but that's that's key like can't can't just like what did we do won two of our first seven games and drew five with seven clean sheets but five blanks can't afford to do that again this year like it's just we've got we've got to start well but that comes down to recruiting well Comes down to having a good pre season, comes down to being tactically flexible, as I mentioned. And I'm not sure that Lowe is as tactically flexible as we'd hope. Um, the 3 5 2 does seem quite rigid. I know he's changed it in game, but he's had to change it when he's had no other choice. And I think we were quite critical at one point of like, it's nearly changing shape for changing shape's sake and matching up opposition, but. <laughs> Really, when you when you look back at it, it's probably the right thing to do in some of those games. I know that it didn't go to plan, especially in his last season. But you sort of understood that we were changing, you know, we're changing tactics for the right reasons. Now we're just playing this very rigid three five two shape and thinking that we're going to get away with it. But when you come up against a top top half team, you know, and the results have shown that this season, come up against a top half team, we've struggled. You know, over half our points have come against teams in the bottom eight in the division, I think. Yeah. 
just as an example, if you come if you come up against a four three three Jake, and you've got you're pinned into a back five, it's four v two in the wide areas accumulatively. So where's your overload? It's at centre back. So, and that's why we've that's why we don't score goals. If you play against a four three three, your wingers playing against two players wide. You need to draw a centre mid across, and then they switch the ball. So then, how does your winger, how does your wing back, sorry, get the better of a four three three? I don't think it does. How many? I'd be interested to. I'm not at a look, but I'm, I'm wondering how many four three three teams we've beaten this season. Be quite interesting. Uh, but sometimes it's as simple as that for me. Like, obviously Sunderland went didn't really play a formation second half yesterday, but they absolutely battered us in wide areas. You don't need to. You don't need to be a numerical advantage. You can just be a one v one advantage. You know you got better players there. You can just pin it into a back five. So, also I before think... I forget, I had, I've had a few different questions about general fitness levels and athleticism. I've not really seen enough enough end to comment on the fitness levels, but there's no speed in the team, and that's another major thing for me for summer. I'm not sure who the quickest player is apart from Reese. I don't think Fernandez is that quick. He travels quite quickly with the ball, but I'm not sure he's lightning quick. Pots no, there's no but he's, he's not lightning quick. There's no athleticism anywhere. The Arby's. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the rest of the battle three, my word. God, it's no wonder we play so deep. And I'm including story in that. Um, um, yeah, I think going back to the question before, I think it's, there's a lot of parallels to that season. You mentioned it before, Jimmy, you know, when we got relegated. Um, that summer, what was it? Paul Hayes, Russell. Didn't we get King on like a, Josh King on a first loan as well? Wasn't Wasn't there a lot of, Cost cutting that summer around, um, you know, there were certain players in the team. We kind of got to our peak, haven't we, with the players that we had, and a lot of them were on high wages. And then that transfer window was was appalling, really, looking back at it. And then in the January, didn't we sign just a load of loan players like Eddie Johnson and just Leon Clark and all sorts of rubbish? Um, so there was no real planning then. And the main plan that summer, just like it is at the minute, it's to cut costs. And when your main plan is to cut costs, you're in real danger. Um, especially in a league like the Championship because it's already a weak league and you take players like DJ and then we're out of our side and, you know, you're getting a poor run. You're in real trouble. Um, yeah. So it, it is all about the summer and how we go about it for me. Who would you sign? Was... Who would I sign? I'd sign I'd sign an absolute load of monsters mate I think we need to go back to we need to get back to like just being a team that's aggressive on the front foot Mm. you know lots of pressing lots of lots of getting at the opposition because for me we don't do a hell of a lot until the opposition gets over our halfway line Mm. so you know you then and then we've got a slow squad anyway, so you were relying on three players. I mean, we were pretty much playing counter-attack football at home the other day. We were just knocking it over the top, hoping for Dilap and Cannon to get onto the ball. So for me, we, you know, we do need a lot of athleticism. We do need to get at teams more. Um, 
But yeah, in terms of individual players, you're is the man it, for that, are we? Do you, do you think the fitness is an issue too? Because we can see quite a lot in the last 15, I think. That's what... I just think a lot of that, I, mean, I think a lot of it just comes down to quality and options off the bench and yeah. the way we are as a as a team, really. You know, when you when you take out Brown and the injuries that we've had over the last few weeks and you're bringing on Onoma, who, you know, can hardly move, where do you go from there? You know, it's difficult, isn't it? A yeah. lot of it just I'd comes down to down squad depth. Yeah. yeah. It's more down to squad depth than it is down to, I suppose, general fitness. But then you look at fitness-wise, after the World Cup break, you know, they had, what, four weeks off, but they've been flogged for a couple of them weeks and we've come back with six injuries. Yeah. You know, we have yeah. we have had a lot of injuries this season, like at key see, times as well. Did anyone see John Flett versus Ryan Letton, 100-metre sprint at Bram Orley? So, that was a joke, that, by the way. I'm not, I am not. I know I've not really commented on that, but Letton checks his shoulder twice, watches him run past him, and then throws his arms up in the air when he gets past him. I'm like, just take a bit of responsibility. Just block the run if you have to. Take a card. Like, don't just let them watch him run past you. He's a prime example, Ledson, isn't he? He's, he's got no athleticism. He's so rash. I mean, he was diving in all over the place the other day, wasn't he? That second, that like, second goal yesterday comes from him diving in. Yeah. He yeah. me, didn't need to dive in. It's like yeah. he does it just to get like the fans up and like, yeah. oh, yeah, Ledson's diving. He's won a side tackle again. But he's so like, when he dives into a tackle, I worry every time that he's going to either go over the ball and it become, you know, potential serious foul play. Or he's just going to hurt someone. Like, it just doesn't have, it just doesn't feel like, and he has definitely regressed since he got uh, from the Finney Player of the Year, by the way, Ollie. He has gone backwards. Like, it's about the same for me. There's, there's just no, like, there's nothing, nothing there that makes me excited watching him. He pings a Hollywood ball over and it comes off one time out of ten. And then he marks space. Yeah, and then throws his arms up in the air when someone me. passes him. It just drives me up. If you look at his passes, they're all into people's shins. They're not they're not delicate passes. You're just firing it into Karen's shins. Uh, but yeah, it's... it's the whole thing as well, though, isn't it? Better players make you look better as well, don't they? You, you take mm. out good players around Ledson and he just looks like the player he is for me. Um, I know people criticise it because he th- puts in the odd tackle. But, you know, it, it, you look at if someone who's going to put in the odd tackle, McCann's miles better at doing that. Um, and I think, I think, I think the captaincy went to his head a little bit. If I'm honest, I think he thought he's got to prove a point and throw, you know, throw himself about a bit. But to me, he just looks a bit silly. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how many of the last five he's started, but if you compare it to Whiteman, the drop off is huge. So yeah. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Whiteman. Um, but he won't be here. There's no way he'll be here. But surely, then, if, he, if he's not here, surely you can't play. You can't play Ledson as a six by himself, even with a back three behind. You've got to go. Oh, yeah. You've got to go double. You've got to recruit. You've got to yeah. recruit. You've got to replace Whiteman. I don't think he's easily replaceable, to be honest, a player with that ability. Mm-hmm. You know, you might look at someone like Elliot Watt at Salford, depending on what they do in the playoffs. Um, Huge jumps to be. Yeah, lead to the championship. It's never really come off us previously. And yeah. um, I think the only with with what is that he's had a decent pedigree. You know, obviously he was at our academy as a kid, then went to Wolves, did well, a few low moves, did all right at Bradford, done about Salford, but he's never been out of League Two. That's my concern. I think it's a big step up going not only to League One, but then into the championship as well. Yeah. So if you just look at the Forest Green wing backs, 
Like that, that lad went to Bristol City, obviously got injured, but didn't really play. And uh, the other lad went to League One, met Barnsley, done okay, but it's a huge jump back. It's yeah. funny with Watt because there's probably a little bit of pride in there as well. In that, I think there's an interview, I don't know if it was with you, Jake, whereas Ridsdale made a point of, oh, he left the club at the youth stage and didn't go anywhere, and now he's playing in League Two. I thought after that comment, probably won't see him. Um, and he strikes me as a man who um, can hold a grudge, at least anyway. Um, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, boys, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated as always. And thank you, listener, for sticking with us this season. Uh, it's been tough to record as regularly as we used to, but we'll try and do better next season. Um, boys, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Hi, I'm Reese, and this is our song, Wise Man. <laughs>